featuring the creator and lead host of Clutch Crew Sports, Zach. Unfortunately, uh, Eric is an Oklahoma City Thunder fan, and uh, he went through a pretty rough postseason watching uh, my Portland Trailblazers pretty well dismantle his team, so... <laughs> Dang, okay, um, I, I did, did not realize we were going to go into that. <laughs> you sure you didn't lose your train of thought by looking at this picture here? <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Zach really likes Alex Morgan. Also featuring Eric, I'm a co-host. I specialize in NFL and NBA. If a topic upsets me enough, I'm going to rant about it. So, if Cincinnati you know, wants to turn this around. They've got a few pieces that they can start with and then try to rebuild and get some more draft picks and get some younger talent in there and start it now. Just to face it now that you're going to suck and try to <laughs> try to fix it for the future. For people that want to say Steph is an all-time great or one of the greatest players of, or uh, even maybe the greatest player of all time, how can you really say that, though, if he would have four championships and not have been the finals MVP in any of them? Also featuring Connor, the number one co-host. And I'm going to lock that. I'm back, baby. If you're not going to do it, I'll double lock Middleton because everything I've read has been that he's the number one priority for the Bucks. Like... In their minds, they could forget Brogdon and, and Lopez. They need to get Middleton back. I'm locking this one because I've got oh, my survival oh, okay. thing. I, I need to write this down on a piece of paper. Yep, that yep. is locking Denver being Chicago. All right, guys, welcome back. Today we've got an exciting weekend of football to cover here specifically NFL football. Uh, a lot of close games this week that we're going to talk about. Uh, we're also going to talk about some of our mid-season reflections on what we got right, what we got wrong, and what we're really surprised about. So most teams have played eight games or seven games. So we feel like this is a good spot to reflect on how our early season predictions and how are turning now and honestly this season's flying by fast guys i don't know if you feel the same way or not but it's crazy it's already week eight is in the books now do you guys feel the same way as me on that matter oh yeah, yeah. football always flies fast because it's such a shorter season compared to most sports and then they only play once a week so uh well i mean each team plays once a week so it, it goes by super fast every year for me unfortunately that's the only thing i don't like about football <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah and he, it needs to be around longer because i mean and then once the nba and he, we like i'm really looking forward to the xfl i wasn't in the last episode so we can have something to watch in the springtime besides baseball because like we need no more football is never a bad thing <laughs> Yeah, and I'm just going to tell you now, I'm not going to be watching baseball in the spring oh, no. either. No, no, no. <laughs> so, but we got college basketball in March, so there are other good times of the year, but this is this is prime time for football right now. Um, but with that being said, let's get started on how week eight went. So 
we don't make prediction episode videos anymore, but you can see here what we predicted, what we got right, and what we got wrong on YouTube. Um, but we'll break it down game by game. So Thursday night, Washington at Minnesota. Minnesota wins nineteen to nine, and Eric and Con or Eric and Nate actually locked this as their survival game. They got it right, and we all picked Minnesota to win, but they really wanted Minnesota to win for that survival uh, slot. And Eric, you've been doing really well in survival, so I'm gonna go down and look at uh, your survival picks here, and you can talk about your strategy for that and how far you think you can go. Yeah, man, I'm still in the running for the $25,000 prize on Yahoo. I'm I'm going for it. So, uh, yeah, survival seems to be my strong suit. I haven't been as doing as well in fantasy football the last few years, but I've done really well in survival for the most part, and this year's been no exception. My strategy going into this has always been to play it just absolutely as safe as possible the first few weeks. Just try to pick the teams that are projected to be good when they're playing against the teams that are projected to be bad. So I did that with the Ravens, Patriots, and Cowboys and Chargers all over the Dolphins. And then I've also picked other teams when they were playing teams like the Redskins and the Jets and stuff like that. So I that's that it's just it's been working for me and it's a strategy that I'll keep sticking to obviously I'll have to get a little more aggressive later on because I'm going to run out of good teams or maybe like the two really bad teams are playing each other or something so I'll and somebody else yeah <laughs> and there I mean I did think about going aggressive when the Redskins played the Dolphins a couple of weeks ago I thought about picking the Redskins and I wish I had but that I just didn't feel comfortable with it but that that's been my strategy and the farthest I've ever gotten in survival without missing one is week 14 when ironically enough, the Patriots lost to the dolphins. That was, I'd been saving the Patriots all year that year, but uh, I'm, I'm happy with how I'm doing obviously. And hopefully I can keep this up. But isn't your dad still undefeated in our group? Yeah. Yeah. My, yeah, my dad's still undefeated. So, so yeah. So I've still got uncle Steve to contend with. So, but at least something is going right for me in fantasy sports this year. So, <laughs> come, to see on, come on, 25K, let's go. <laughs> well, I know you can't use your Dolphin strategy next week because they're playing the Jets. So, I don't know if you want to. <laughs> yeah, see, I'm going to have to, I want to figure something else out. So, well, I, 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 won't, I, won't, I, won't, I won't mention it so that I won't jinx you, but I do see two games where I think that you could actually only yeah. one game because you already used one of those teams, but. I do see what I think. I think I know who you're going to pick next week. All right. Well, I don't. I haven't <laughs> looked at it yet, so I don't know who I'm going to pick. But uh, I, I'll I'll take a look at it. <laughs> I just want to look at it. Yeah. <laughs> Would you just look at it? <laughs> oh, I'll for, look at it. <laughs> for my survival picks here, as you can see, I was so confident about the Denver home field advantage thing in week two. That that's what cost me. And and honestly. I always seem to lose in survival in like week one or week two. But since this time we're doing it with like the three strikes and then no matter what, we're always going to pick a team in uh, this clutch crew league thing. So I'm getting a chance to see how I actually do in survival since lately last couple of years, I just stopped doing it at week one or week two. But 
uh, I I like where I'm at. Even though I've got one strike, I've picked some teams uh, already that haven't been as dominant, like Denver, which was wrong, but I've still used them, so I'm not going to be able, I'm not going to be forced to use them or anything later. Uh, Jacksonville's 500 right now, so I, I use them up, and Pittsburgh's under 500, but we still don't know how that's going to be. I, I think they're going to win, though. They play the Dolphins. So, and Chargers, too, are have been kind of underwhelming, yeah, but we've all used, used them. them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think my biggest problem in survival is I always try to go too risky. Like, I think that's what happened this year, too. Like, I, I'm not as upset about the Carolina one because, I mean, they were pretty much expected to win that game. So, But I think I, tr- I got a little too risky when I tried to do the Tennessee pick against Denver and... uh it didn't work out for me, so now I'm obviously in the worst position out of the four of us. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, sometimes those risks work pay off, but they certainly haven't this year. So mm-hmm. yeah, but we're still we still got more than half the season left, so it's gonna be interesting to see how many strikes we end up with at the end. Um, and then since we're here, I'll talk about our college standings that we have updated. So there's not going to be a college video coming out this week, but as you can see here, it, it wasn't as good of a week since all of our percentages dropped. Uh, I'm at 54% right on the season. Carnes at 53%. Nate's at 50%. So we're pretty much all hanging around that low 50s right now. Hopefully my goal is to get 60% by the end of the season, but that's going to be a tough task. Um, but it's it's hard to pick those college games with the spread sometimes when you lose yeah. by half a point or something like that. You know, yeah. it's it's why our NFL percentages are much higher right now because we're not picking against the spread in those games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So moving down here to the Sunday games, Seattle played Atlanta this week. Y'all got it right picking Seattle's. They won twenty-seven to twenty. Atlanta put up a a little bit of a comeback here. No Matt Ryan this week. Um, but they, they fought back at the end, but Seattle's too much for them. We all expected Seattle to win this. Atlanta's having a down season this year. Kind of unexpected. We'll talk about that later, too. Um, this was a bit of a surprise, though, as you can see. Three of us getting this game wrong. Philly actually beat Buffalo 31-13 in Buffalo too, which is even more surprising. Nate being the only one getting this one right. Um, and then I do have this game highlighted because Connor wants to talk about it a little bit. So It's just surprising. I mean, the fact that because I'm not 100% surprised that Buffalo only put up 13 points. Like, I would expect them to put up a little more than that. But, I mean, I know Philly's defense is it's not as good as it has been in the past, but it's still solid. But the fact that the Buffalo defense, which has been – you know, along with New England and maybe um, Baltimore up to this point, has been like the number one defense in the league. And to give up 31 points in this game at home, uh, really surprising, especially considering, you know, just the way they've played and the way that the expectations that Buffalo has now going forward. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if the defense, if this is just a one-off for the defense or, you know, what, what the deal is, but... Very surprising, to say the least. Yeah, and I'll, since we're talking about Buffalo here, I'll, you've got something you want to say about them, too, so I'll let you, uh, I'll let you mention gonna, that. I was going to say that later, since we were... Oh, okay. 
I, I they're we're they're in our next section too, so I'll mention it then. <laughs> okay, yeah, sounds good. Um, but yeah, I I agree with you about how the thirty one points is pretty high for them, but still, I'm I'm shocked that Philly's defense played as well as they did because they've been so bad this year that it's been something that's been such a surprise. But they've their secondary is been the worst in football. So I, I was thoroughly expecting the Bills to put up points, even though they haven't had the most consistent offense. I, I thought anybody can put up points against Philly, but I guess maybe they got down early and they Philly could rush the, you know, pin their ears back and rush, but I don't know. Um, bit of a surprise there. Uh, this was a really close game here. The Chargers and the Bears. Chargers win 17-16. Uh, they always seem to end up in these really close games, and Connor was the only one getting this right, picking the Chargers. Chicago missed a potential game-winning field goal in this game, so you know, kind of a recurring theme for Bears fans here with their special teams. They're really going to need to address that, I think, in the draft uh, next season or free agency to get a reliable kicker because that's costing them games. And that's, you know, they're, they play in a tough division. So this is a win that – this is a game that I think Bears fans thought was going to be a very winnable game. And it's it's just deflating to lose by one point like this. And I know the Chargers have lost a lot of close games too from special teams. So I bet they're finally like, oh, finally something good's going right for us. So, um, but two teams that really needed a win, Chargers come up with it there. Giants and Lions. Lions win 31-26. We all got this one right. Uh, Tampa Bay at Tennessee. Tennessee wins 27-23. Connor and Nate getting it right. Me and Eric getting it wrong. And I highlighted this game because I really want to talk specifically about the referees. Uh, We've talked... Uh (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We had a stories episode where we just talked purely a whole episode about how bad the referees were doing and last week i think they had a little bit better of a week but this week has not been a very good week with really a game altering uh blown whistle here that cost tampa a touchdown it was a like fake field goal attempt or something by tennessee and there was a fumble and I guess they thought the Tampa player's knee was down or something, but it clearly wasn't. So he just picked it up and ran ran it back for a touchdown. But they blew a whistle, and so it wouldn't count. But had he not had the ref not blown the whistle there, it would have been a surefire touchdown for Tampa. There was nobody close to tackling him. And being a 27-23 game, you know, add seven points to Tampa's score, and they win this game. So that's... That's really bad when it's a play like that late in the game that actually ends up costing the team a win. And uh, I I just sympathize here for the people in Tampa that they had to go through that today. I know it's so hard to to go through something like that where you don't have, you know, you did everything you could. It's just a referee's whistle ends up costing. And that's the thing, too, for referees. Like, I always try and sympathize with them a little bit on like penalty calls and stuff but the whistle thing is 
an absolute priority. You you cannot blow the whistle unless you're a hundred percent sure that the player's down like that. If you blow a whistle early, like he did, that's that's a fundamental thing that you're taught day one not to do. And these refs are at the highest level of football. They can't be making these rookie mistakes that like someone like me or Nathan would have made as a flag football referee for eight year olds. So <laughs> that's, I mean, if that had happened to the Jaguars, I'd be talking a lot more about it, but I'm sorry. Eric would for probably t- be ranting about it. <laughs> it'd, be a, it'd be a rant by Eric, um, but <laughs> kind of a mini rant by me here talking about it. And then moving on, and, and I want Tampa to win also because uh, obviously Tennessee being an AFC South team, we always want them to lose. So and AFC South was undefeated this week. They were. Out. They were, and it, a lot of them were close too, which which made it even worse for me because I coming into this week I thought definitely Colts and Texans would win, but the way the games were going, I had some false hope that these underdogs would be able to pull it out, but they didn't. Oh, uh, so <laughs> <laughs> moving right along to the to one of those underdogs, Denver and Indy. Indy wins the game fifteen to thirteen. We all get it right. Game-winning field goal by Vinatieri, 51 yards. Uh, unfortunately for Denver fans, this is the third game now this season where they've lost by a game-winning field goal. So that's just really unfortunate. I mean, you got to assume that these field goals are going in because they're not from extreme distance, but the fact that they let teams move the ball with like a minute left to get in the field goal range is, is pretty bad. I mean, I guess you just can't, you know, call such a conservative defense anymore, but they still keep doing that. They still keep making the same mistakes, which, you know, you should learn from your mistakes after the first or second time it happens. I guess they didn't hear, which zone, really stinks. <laughs> because zone, been, zone defense does not work at the end of the game. Yeah, and, and they played a good game, too, defensively. So, but just at the very end, they they couldn't come up with that last stop they needed to. So moving along now, Cincinnati and Los Angeles Rams here. The Rams win twenty four to ten. We all got this one right. I don't think there's too much going on in this game. We all kind of figured this would be yeah score. It's Cincinnati. Um, they're zero and eight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Arizona and New Orleans. New Orleans gets the win 31 to 9. We all got it right. And before the game, actually, I was talking to Eric about this. I was so surprised that they decided to play Drew Brees after Bridgewater had been undefeated. And the fact that New Orleans bye week is next week and they're playing Arizona. It's kind of like, why are you risking a possible re injury by bringing him back early? Why don't you just let him take the next two weeks off and get fully prepared for the final season stretch, but it didn't matter here. They won 31 to nine breeze had a great game. So in the end, it doesn't really matter, but still, I think a bit of a risky move by playing breeze in this game against Arizona, which they probably could have won with Teddy Bridgewater the way he'd been playing, but it doesn't really matter now. Yeah. One thing I'd be interested to see is I don't know what happened to Arizona because actually this game was really close at halftime. If I, if this game was like ten to six or thirteen to six at halftime. Like Arizona was hanging with them, so I guess I don't know what happened in the second half, but 
Arizona, I guess, just completely fell apart. <laughs> I guess so. Um, the Jets and Jags played today. Probably only Jets and Jags fans watch this. Uh, but the Jags win 29-15. to We all got it right. Uh, this was a much, much nicer game to watch than the Cincinnati game. Uh, the Jags defense played a great game in the second half, really, is when they got that pass rush going. Eight sacks on Darnold, three interceptions. So coming on, Darnold had a better game than he did against the Patriots, but still very uninspiring and not a good game either. I think all three of those interceptions were Darnold's fault for sure. Um, I'll get Eric to validate that later, but to me, they were all three his fault. And you can't do that. You can't lose the turnover battle like they did and expect to win. And the Jags offense had a great game. I mean, I was actually a little bit nervous for Minshew uh, going up against a Greg Williams defense, but he picked them apart. Uh, the running game wasn't as strong today. Fournette had a big run early to really boost up his average in total yards. But other than that big run, the Jets had a great run defense. Uh, but Minshew was Minshew was accurate. He was breaking tackles, moving around the pocket, you know, rushing for first downs. And another thing, too, he did really well on third down this game. Picked up a lot of third and eight, third and sixes, third and nines, which was huge for us to keep drives going and either get field goals or touchdowns. The red zone issue is still a little bit there for the Jags. I wish they had gotten at least one more touchdown in the red zone than they did instead of having to settle for a field goal. But still not too much that I can be worried about in this game. Some injuries happened, of course. We'll know more about that later in the week. But the makeshift group of linebackers actually played pretty well with Miles Jack being the only healthy linebacker from last week to carry over to to this week. They signed a bunch of linebackers that played their first games for the Jags. Um... So they did better than I thought they would. Le'Veon Bell had a really quiet game. So the Jags defense did great. The offense, I think, did pretty well. So this is a a pretty comfortable and fun game to watch as a Jags fan. And the Jets, I mean, I I don't think Sam Darnold's the answer. Uh, He throws too many interceptions from college, and that's still translating to the NFL. And he's got weapons, too. He's got Bell. He's got Anderson. Uh, he's He's got a lot of... Even their tight end had two touchdowns today. So he's got to do a better job. And he's in his second year now. So, you know, he's starting to starting to get to that point where he's got to start leading this team. And, and he really hasn't. Taking way too many sacks. He should have thrown the ball out earlier. If you hadn't known... Uh, if you if you just watched the game and you hadn't known anything about the NFL, you'd have assumed that Minshew was the first-round pick and that Darnold was the sixth-round rookie. And it was the other way around. But I want to hear Eric's thoughts, see if he thinks the same way about Darnold or not. Yeah, I personally wasn't really very high on Darnold when he got drafted so high. I watched a few USC games when he was playing there, and 
and all the commentators, I was like, oh, he's a first-round pick for sure. But I don't know. When I was watching his games, I just didn't really see it. I, he had a lot of – he would get throw a lot of those passes that could be intercepted, but the DB either didn't catch him or the receiver managed to knock the ball out of his hands or something. Just That happened a lot to him in college, and I was surprised more scouts didn't see that. But I thought the commentator – one of the commentators in the game made a great point that when he – is able to do quick passes and things like that, you know, get a guy first read open right away and make a quick pass that he does really well. But when he has to drop back and he's not getting an open look right away and faces pressure, that that's when he struggles. And that's basically what it was all day for him today. And the other thing for the Jets, too, in this game, the only other thing that Zach really didn't mention, I think Zach did a great job analyzing this game but the only other thing was the Jets had some missed opportunities in this game that definitely could have made it a lot closer or even given them a chance they actually had two the Jaguars actually had two fumbles on punt returns in this game but the Jags were able to recover both of them so and really the Jets had an opportunity on both of them to be able to pick up the ball. They just weren't able to get it. And Jamal Adams had an interception that he should have had, but he dropped it. And as well as when they they forced a fumble on Minshew that they recovered, but they weren't able to cap. I believe they weren't able to capitalize on Yeah, that they went three and out, right? Yeah, they went that. three. Yeah. That's what I thought. So, you know, near turnovers that they weren't able to get and then not taking advantage of the turnover they did get, that that was really costly for the Jets in this game, but it was just nice as a Jags fan to finally, this was really the first game that they've had in a good while where I was able to watch it. And like from the second quarter on, I wasn't really stressed out. So that was nice. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's really all I have to add about this game. I'm, it sucks all the other AFC South teams won in close fashion. I was hoping at least one or two of them would lose or all three would have been really nice, but unfortunately they all won. So, but at least the Jags didn't lose. So I'll, I'll take it. Yeah. So do you agree that all the interceptions were Darnold's fault though? Yeah, they, they definitely were. Uh, one of them, he had a receiver cutting to the outside, but he threw it inside, which was a lot yeah. Herndon to pick that one off. He was trying to, hit a receiver like on a deep post route, but he way overthrew it. And AJ Boye slid behind and got the interception. I'm trying to think of the other one, but I remember Trey Herndon got the other interception as well. And he got it pretty easily. So the easy one for Herndon was the first quarter, I think where Darnold actually did a good job avoiding a sack, but then he threw it and it was kind of like the, third interception where he threw it inside mm-hmm. to, and Herndon could easily make a play on it. Yeah, no, none of his interceptions were like ones where it like bounced off the receiver's yeah. hands and they should, you know, or, you know, or just where the receiver or where the DB just made this like ridiculous acrobatic catch or something. I mean, they, they were all on him for sure. Mm-hmm. Like no question. He's, he's, he had a good game back against Dallas after he came back from the mono, but he's been really bad since then. He's very inconsistent. So yeah, we'll see how he does going forward, but he just has not been playing well right now. All right. So the next game here, one of the first, one of the few afternoon games today, 
Carolina and San Francisco. San Francisco wins 51-13. to Kyle Allen's first loss as a starter in the league. And Nate was the only one getting this one right, picking San Francisco. Uh, I was just shocked at the how lopsided this was. I figured San Francisco, you know, could easily win this game being at home and that they were undefeated. But still, 51-13, to this... Um, did not see it coming, and I know Connor wanted to talk about it too. I, I believe so. I think it was Eric. Oh, I didn't it was Eric. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I didn't remember. I was back on this, and if anybody was having any doubt about San Francisco being for real or not, this game proves that they're for real. I obviously wasn't fully in belief of, and then as you can see, if you're looking on YouTube, I did pick Carolina to win this game. This was probably the hardest game for me to pick though this was the one i debated on the most but i mean i'm in the same boat as zach i figured well if i get it wrong it's probably going to be by like a touchdown or field goal or something like you know san francisco wins or if carolina wins it'll be the same like i i expected this to be a game within six or less but when i finished watching the jags game and saw the score to this game i was just like holy crap dude (laughs) (laughs) i mean the only thing really san francisco had bad going for them in this game was they gave up some big plays to McCaffrey, but what team hasn't done that? I mean, he's so hard to stop. So, you know, he got his big plays or whatever, but other than that, man, the defense was lights out. The running game was on point and Garoppolo is not the best QB, but when you're able to give him plenty of time and, you know, he's got a lead, like he's going to be able to keep things going for you. So I am, fully impressed with san francisco now they had had somewhat of a light schedule so that was what prevented me from getting fully on board with them but i i believe in the 49ers now after this performance i mean to score 51 points on anybody is insane and then at the same time holding the panthers to 13 is pretty good as well so i have to give the 49ers a ton of credit here yeah i i agree with you man all right, so Cleveland in New England. New England stays undefeated here, 27-13. We all got this right. And New England still hasn't faced a legit team. Cleveland's only got two wins on the season. Obviously, New England's really good, but still, it's got to be the easiest schedule ever for the first eight It weeks. is. Yeah, aside, so. aside from Buffalo, they haven't played anybody with more than two wins, I don't think, so... It's like, cause I mean, yeah, like I said, aside from Buffalo, I don't think anybody has more than two wins. Pittsburgh might pick up that third win tomorrow, but yeah, I mean. All right. And if they do, it's going to be a win against a team that New England already played. So it's like, right, right. Yeah. Um, it's going to be against Miami. Yeah. Which so no matter does, which doesn't yeah. really count, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I yeah. might be eating those words tomorrow if the Steelers lose, but I, sure hope I would be. I'm going to crawl into a hole if this, if that happens. <laughs> um, this was a close game here. Houston and Oakland, Oakland, or no, Houston. Sorry, Oakland fans. Houston wins the game 27, 24. We all got this one, right? And this was close. I honestly did not expect this to be as close as it was, but Oakland is proving that they are not an easy out for any team. Uh, I think that's for sure. And, it's Sunday night football here, Green Bay, Kansas City. At the time uh, of recording, it's well, 30- quick up, yeah, yeah, quick quick update. 
Um, Green Bay can win if they get one more first down. Basically, yeah. it's third and five, two-minute warning. Chiefs have no more timeouts. So if Green Bay can get a first down here, then they will be victorious. Yeah, so they will probably win this game. But, but I don't we, will, we, will, we will let you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and then we've talked about that Monday night game here. We don't know what we don't know the score or anything yet, but this is we've all picked Pittsburgh to win, and it's the lock game for Connor and myself. And, and my dad actually picked them too as his survival team. A lot of people did. Um, so now let's talk about. Like I said, we're going to talk about our mid-season reflections on our predictions, where we're right, where we're wrong, and our surprises. So we'll do kind of like our NBA episode format of like a 60-second real quick uh, rundown. So I'll get things started by talking about the Bears here. This is what I we'll – we'll start with the rights. So – I predicted that the Bears would be would finish third in the division right now. They're actually fourth, maybe tied for third, but now they're losing fourth. the tie. Because Detroit, Detroit okay. has that tie, so they're fourth. Yeah, so they're they're truly fourth. Um, yeah, it, I I said how even though their defense is going to be really good, it's going to be hard for them to be as good as they were last year. And last year they won games because of their defense. So their defense is still playing at a really high level. They're just not getting the amount of touchdowns and takeaways that they did, which is really hard to repeat the kind of stats that they did. And their offense has just not proven anything over the past two years. Trubisky, I think, is, you know, he's gotten, he's made the Bears actually, I think, be considering a trade for someone like Cam Newton or Nick Foles. So we'll see if that ends up happening. But right now with Trubisky, this Bears team isn't going anywhere. They're definitely not making the playoffs the way things are going. And I was right about that. <laughs> and I was right. <laughs> yeah. All right, so Eric, I want you're going to talk about the Saints here. Yeah, definitely so far for me, my biggest thing right is the Saints. They have been playing lights out. And I will admit it didn't look good for me early on in the season when they lost really badly to the Rams and Drew Brees got hurt. It made it look like my prediction of them doing so well was going south. But while Teddy Bridgewater, I wouldn't say he was amazing filling in. He did, you know, he definitely did just enough. And the their defense is playing at a really high level right now. And then they got Drew Brees back this week, had another solid game. I mean, the Cardinals aren't the greatest team, but they still got another win with Drew Brees back. The Saints are playing lights out right now, and I am happy I got that one right. Drew Brees is my favorite player of all time, so I'm really happy that I'm getting this one right. So I guess guess that's really all I have to say about the Saints, and I'll let Connor uh, talk about his correct pick so far. (laughs) Yeah, so the thing I was most right about this year was the Buffalo Bills. Um, Harkening back to the AFC East preview, I was the only one that had the Bills second and the Jets third. Everybody else had the Jets in second. So, I mean, obviously an ugly loss this week to Philadelphia, but the Bills are still 5-2 and and still very much in the hunt for the AFC East. I know the Patriots are undefeated, but like Zach mentioned, they haven't played a team with more than two wins up to this point. So 
the losses could be coming, and Buffalo does have another game against New England. Uh, but uh, so since with the disillusion of the current events, I have started a new tradition of locking something every episode. I mentioned that last time, but my lock for this episode, Zach kind of alluded to it earlier. I am going to lock the Buffalo Bills as a wild card team for the playoffs this year. Only halfway through the season, but with the way the AFC is looking this year and with Buffalo's schedule upcoming, Buffalo, I can guarantee, mostly guarantee three, 10 wins, possibly an 11th or a 12th, depending on how they do, but Buffalo Bills as a lock for the wild card. Okay. All right, so now we're going to talk about where we were wrong. So, you know, we're not always perfect. We do get stuff wrong here. So we're going we're gonna to talk about that. Each of us have a team. And I'm going to start it off with the Packers. I picked the Packers to finish fourth in the division. I wasn't the only one to do that, but still I was... I thought this team was just not talented enough to compliment Aaron Rodgers. And I thought this is a such tough division that they would struggle in. And it has proved to be a tough division, but they've proven to be either the best or at the very top anyways, second best maybe. They're first in the actual standings. You could argue, you know, Minnesota maybe is playing better, but still they've proven me wrong, um, especially their defense. I mean, the addition of the two Smiths in free agency has been, has really transformed this Packers uh, defense and they just are playing much more inspired. So that's really the biggest shocker is they're winning games with their defense, not winning shootouts with their offense. Their offense has been consistent, though, and they haven't even been doing it with Devontae Adams, which has been kind of crazy, but I was wrong about that. And they just beat Kansas City. Yeah, so no Mahomes, Kansas City, but yeah. Kansas City without Mahomes, but still it's another win for him here on the road. So the the way things are going, they're they're gonna make the playoffs. I think that's safe to say. So, all right, guys. Well, my biggest incorrect prediction has been the Colts, and for me with this pick, it isn't necessarily that I felt like the Colts were a bad team per se. I actually did have them like right before we did the AFC South prediction episode. I actually had the Colts in first place. But when Andrew Luck retired and it found out he was done and Jacoby Brissett was taking over, for me, moving them from first to last, it wasn't that I didn't believe in their team, but it was that I did not believe in Jacoby Brissett. He did not do well a couple seasons ago when Luck was out for that year. And so because of that, when I found out he was going to be taking over as a full-time starter, I just didn't think this team was going to be any good. But... They've been getting it done. They've had a lot of close games. They haven't necessarily been blowing people out, but they're winning more than they're losing, and they're first place in the division right now. So I got this one wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on to what I got wrong, which this has probably been the biggest wrong prediction of the entire podcast here for the NFL season, uh, unfortunately. So for our few fans who are out there, they're going to, laugh at me for this one but you know i picked the atlanta falcons at the beginning of the year to go to the super bowl and actually win the super bowl with matt ryan being the mvp so clearly that hasn't worked out the falcons are one and seven 
I mean, their offense, Matt Ryan has played not great, but he hasn't played terrible either. I mean, he's still near the top of the, I mean, he, I, he was injured this week, but last week, going into last week, he was still near the top of the boards of the NFL for passing yards. So it's more so just that defense is letting them down. Even though they got Deion Jones back, they got Keanu Neal back, they're still not performing at a level that would be of a playoff team. And obviously one in seven at this point is, unless some miracle were to happen, they're going to miss the playoffs, especially since the NFC is really strong when it comes to wildcard teams. So uh, very wrong prediction on that one. I'm glad I didn't lock that because that would have looked <laughs> even worse. So. Yeah. That, that would have been a bad block. <laughs> um. So now we're going to talk about our surprises. My biggest surprise, and this has been a negative surprise, is the Eagles. Uh, the Eagles were my Super Bowl pick, and it's not like a foregone conclusion like Atlanta where there's no chance for them because the Eagles are 4-4. Four and four, But if you're 4-4, four and four, that's not a good look for your Super Bowl pick. And I really expected them to be like a one-loss team or two-loss team right now. Uh, just Carson Wentz also is my MVP. He has not been playing as well as I thought he would be. Their defense hasn't been playing anywhere as good as I thought they'd be, partly due to injuries, but still every team's got to deal with those. And the, like their secondary is the worst in football right now. They have a very bad rushing attack. Nelson Aguilar is like a drop machine for them. Doug Peterson hasn't been that creative. He hasn't helped them out much. The Eagles are are my biggest surprise in a negative way. I was really high on them, and they haven't lived up to my expectations. So, and for for my surprise, I alluded to it earlier when I was talking about the Panthers game. The San Francisco 49ers, man. I've if you were to ask any NFL fan who you, they would think the last two teams to be undefeated were most people would probably say the Patriots but nobody would have said the 49ers I mean this team is playing extremely well right now they have a legit defense my only concern with them going forward would be Jimmy G he's been a little inconsistent and iffy at times but they've got a great running game and a great defense that can help carry them and as long as they're playing well this team's going to continue doing well, I think. I finally believe in them, as I also mentioned earlier. But if you had told me before the season started that this team was going to be undefeated at this point in the year, I would have said you're on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I did not see this <laughs> at all. So I didn't have them like as a bottom seller team in the division or anything, but they were definitely not a team I was predicting to do well in their division. So I give them a lot of credit my biggest surprise for sure. And um, I'll turn the mic over to Connor here. All right, so my biggest surprise here has been the Oakland Raiders. I mean, obviously their record is still not great. They're three and five or three and four. I think they're three and four right now because they've had their bye week. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, obviously not the greatest record in the world, but the fact that they've been able to take some of these really good teams to the limit is pretty surprising because I remember at the beginning of the year we were all talking about how bad we thought they were going to be like a three or four win team. You know, all the drama that was going to go on with Antonio Brown and John Gruden and Vontez Perfect and all that stuff going on. But I mean, 
it's they got rid of the drama. I mean, they got rid of Antonio Brown. Vontez Burfitt got suspended for the year. So I think without those distractions in place, you know, they've really been able to shine. Derek Carr has still not been playing great, but he's been playing okay. Josh Jacobs has been having a really decent year. You know, that was a good draft pick by the Raiders. So I'm interested to see where they go forward because obviously, you know, the Chiefs are still in first in the division despite losing. The Chargers are having a down year. So we'll see how far the Raiders can go this year. And they're definitely the biggest surprise for me. Yeah, I agree, man. And, we and, we kind of laughed about them. <laughs> well, and also on a side note, um, you mentioned MVP picks. It looks like all of us might be on the fast track to getting the MVP pick wrong because, I mean, I picked Matt Ryan, and he obviously he's been not doing great. The Falcons <laughs> are sucking. You picked you and Nate picked Wentz, who you mentioned he hasn't having the greatest year, and Eric picked Mahomes, who's having a decent year, but he's injured right now, and he's certainly not been the best, so... Uh, our MVP picks aren't looking too good right now. <laughs> no, they they really aren't. And same with uh, same with maybe our college Heisman picks too. Whoever picked Trevor Lawrence is definitely not getting that one right. Um, yeah, that was me. <laughs> yeah, you and Nate picked them. I forgot. Um, Tua's still got a chance, I think, but he did miss last week uh, with due to injury. Who knows how many more he might miss? That might cost him. And I think Oklahoma's not going to make the playoff, and Oregon probably won't. Uh, Clemson and Bama seem like they'll probably make it. But we've all kind of got one wrong team for sure, I think, with you picking Michigan and Nate picking Texas. Uh, well, actually, Michigan still has a chance if they can beat Penn State and Ohio State. But obviously, they're still not in the best position. I but. think... Yeah, I, I'm, 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 I'm not going to say yeah. that's going to happen, but they are still in it. Yeah, I don't even. I think even if they win out, they're not going to make it. But that, so yeah, I don't even know if, if that. And then we've got some questionable ones. Like I've got Oklahoma. You've got Georgia. Those are questionable. Uh-huh. Um, Oregon's, I would say, really unlikely. But um, well, I will say that. Um, Tua, with his Heisman uh, probable probability, it was probably helped a lot by Jalen Hurts not having a good week mm-hmm. this past week. So, yeah, and and I think that's the next week is going to be a great week to watch college football. Um, if if you're a fan of the SEC, it's going to be a really good week to watch Florida Georgia play mid afternoon, and then probably going to be the night game. Uh, Alabama and LSU. That's that's two great games that you're going to get to watch. Um, so definitely, definitely try and watch some college football next week because those are going to be great games and they're going to have huge impact for the playoffs. So that's what I'm really looking forward to most next week. Obviously, the Jags still too, but college football is going to be amazing next week. I've got a feeling. So we're going to come back with an episode for that next week, but. Uh, let us know your guys' thoughts. Um, let us know some predictions that you had that you got wrong or you got right. Or what your biggest surprise is. I want to hear from you guys. And, uh, and yeah, so thank you, thank you guys for listening to this. Um, hopefully your team won this week. I know I always see on Twitter people posting stuff like, send the gif of your favorite team or they're losing this week. But it seems like every time I do that, every time I see that tweet, I never 
reply to it because it's just feeding into like their addiction for you know attention but <laughs> uh but every time i see it i the jags win and i don't listen to them so it's like you know like i'm sure there's a fan of the other team and a fan of the jags team that both comment on that so it's like already you know one of you know you're not right so it's you're just <laughs> looking for attention but um <laughs> eric knows all that too <laughs> Um, yeah, my least favorite and what I could rant about, but I won't is, uh, when people say good night, say it back. (laughs) No, I'm not going to say good night to you on your Twitter. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) You'll never see me post that. I will say if you ever see my Twitter account and it says good morning, good night, say it back. That means I got hacked. (laughs) (laughs) So. Be looking out on the Clutch Crew Sports page because if that's yeah, up there, if you see that it wasn't me. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you know, man. If I see if I see you comment that, I'll uh, let you know your account's been hacked. Yeah, that's urgent. <laughs> that would be urgent. Message me right away. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks, thanks you, thanks everybody for listening. Like I said, hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Bye. Peace.